1: Hello and welcome to the post-game podcast to reflect on the 4-3 victory over Crystal Palace that extended Liverpool's lead at the top of the Premier League table to seven points. My name is Paul Wheelock, but you'll only be hearing from me briefly before I hand over to our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce, who delivers the definitive verdict on a mad afternoon at Anfield. You'll then hear everything Jurgen Klopp had to say in his post-match press conference before you get the thoughts of the ten very happy Liverpool fans who have phoned into this show. Simon Donnelly, Sam Planch, Matt Addison Ross Strachan Owen Thomas Nathan Davidson Alex Watt Matt Switty Peter Lally and Mark Baker Thanks for joining me and we'll be back with the Academy Show on Sunday and then the Blood Red podcast on Monday
0: The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo
1: Well it's been a a day of real drama here at Anfield Liverpool emerging triumphant 4-3 against Crystal Palace to move seven points clear at the top of the Premier League table it was a a crazy chaotic game especially in the second half six goals where it uh, you know twisted and turned one way and then the other um you know you could you could spend quite a long time picking holes in that Liverpool performance because it was it was very different than what we've become accustomed to this season. You know, nowhere near the level today defensively, some really sloppy mistakes that the Palace were able to capitalise on. Um, but the only thing that matters really is that Liverpool found a way to win. And at this stage of the season with what Liverpool are chasing. Um, that's that's everything that every Liverpool fan that was here today wanted to see. It doesn't matter how you do it; you just need to win. And and Liverpool tick that box. But uh, those supporters, well, they were certainly put through the ringer here today. Uh, great scenes after the final whistle, and Klopp went up to the the cop and uh, delivered a, a flurry of fist pumps and was beating his chest and. And embracing his players, because I think he knew just how important that result was today. Um, you know, there were times in that game where Liverpool under huge pressure, where you know you could sense the anxiety levels in the stands, but you know rather than buckle, they stood tall and they uh, you know showed immense levels of character to dig dig themselves out of of the holes that they found themselves in. Um, I thought there were a couple of big performances. I thought I gave man of the match to Fabino. I thought he was excellent again uh he's just growing in stature with every passing week at the moment, uh back in his usual midfield role today, and I thought he really stamped his authority on it, especially second half um and I thought Jordan Henderson, the captain did very well alongside him as, as well um and then of course, you know the front three great for all three of them to get on the score sheet there's been times this season where you know it's it's been at the other end that we've really admired Liverpool in terms of just how tight and rock solid they've looked defensively but today was one of those days where it was the attacking players that that got them out of out of jail and um you know in, in many ways it was a nod to the the earlier days of Klopp's reign where Liverpool were scintillating going forward and really potent but looked vulnerable defensively I think uh Looking back just then and Palace becoming the first team to score three goals in a league game against Liverpool since Manchester City uh, lost here 4-3. That was over a year ago. So um, you know, Palace, I'm sure, count themselves very unfortunate. They didn't leave with anything to show for their troubles. You know, they inflicted a shock defeat on Manchester City only a couple of weeks ago and uh, they threatened to do the same here today. They were much the better team. Um, in You know, in that, in that first half, they... You know, I think their game plan worked to treat Liverpool had all the ball but did very, very little with it. And, and Palace always looked a threat on the counter with on the counter-attack with the pace of, of Townsend and with Zaha, who, who I thought was excellent today. Townsend firing them in front um, from a, a Zaha pullback. And Liverpool looked pretty devoid of ideas, but um you know whatever Klopp said at half time did the trick. they came out absolutely flying at the start of that. That second half, Salah making a, a difficult finish look ridiculously easy when he uh, he hooked hooked the ball home from close range after a Van Dijk shot had looped up off uh, Macarthur, and then uh, a bit of magic from Firmino, uh, Roberto Firmino turning in the box, darting away from Tompkins and his shot finding the bottom corner via a deflection. At that point, you know, midway through the second half, two-one up. You know, you uh, you know we've. we've we've come to expect this Liverpool team will take the sting out of games control it show maturity that didn't happen today you know they uh, it, it remained really open um, and Palace came again and, and got themselves back on level terms you know some really poor marking Tompkins completely unmarked from a corner and allowed to, to head home uh, Klopp Took action. It took off Naby Keita, who really struggled today. Uh, felt for him. Wasn't able to grasp his chance. Um, Shakiri came on, and, and that helped Liverpool uh, get the lead back again. They were given a helping hand by Julian Speroni the, the veteran standing goalie for Palace. Who, um, you know, he, he'll be he'll be having nightmares about the mistake that he made because when Milner turned it back across goal, it didn't look like there was going to be an awful lot of danger, but. Uh, Speroni made an absolute hash of it ended up palming it towards his own line um, it would have been an own goal but for Salah the poacher uh, knocking it, forcing it over the line from close range so great for Salah too for him that uh, was that 19 for the season now strengthens his grip on the golden boot uh, in terms of the Premier League puts him towards at two clear Kane and uh, and Aubameyang um, and then another twist when James Milner saw red got two yellows in quick succession both for hacking down Zaha so he'll serve a one match ban he couldn't have any complaints it was um, two nailed on yellow cards and then with ten men Liverpool scored a fourth um, Sadio Mani cutting in off the left and slotting into the bottom corner and then you thought at, la- at last they can relax the job's done Palace goes straight down the other end deep into stoppage time Max Meyer scores their third goal and then it's an excruciating final few seconds but uh, you know when the hearts were pounding round here, Liverpool managed to to hold on, and uh, you know this place absolutely engulfed by relief. It's, uh, it's it's going to be like that from from now till May, isn't it? You know it's another one to tick off, 15 to go. Um, but Liverpool have, have taken a step closer to the Premier League crown. A massive three points here, beating Palace 4-3.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: So somebody asked me already what to, what was the main feeling emotion after after the final whistle? And I said relief. So of course it's how it is. Um, a game like this, if you can can go in all directions. That's how, um we had. We were we were extremely dominant in the first half, but we were one 0 down. We, we 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 created chances, but um, not enough. Not maybe not clear enough. Um, we had not enough players in the decisive areas we had a lot of players in the preparing areas and um, so that uh, that can happen of course and so half time it was clear that we have to, to to change that that we need more players really in the decisive areas more bodies in the box all that stuff and um, yeah thank God it it, it worked pretty well pretty, pretty immediately out yeah we forced we forced these two goals to come back then everybody felt the atmosphere and then we obviously it was it was not one hundred percent clear for the boys. <laughs> Do we control it now or do we still um, um, uh, chase the game, whatever? And and that can happen as well. It's not a big problem. We had good moments, (laughs) controlled it most of the time, but pretty much each ball we lost was immediately um, a counter attack because Sahar was. He plays. uh, had a really good game, to be honest, and and he gave us a lot of. Things to 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 sort. Millet did outstandingly well, as I say. You cannot, you can really not defend him alone. So he didn't. Apart from the besides the goal, of course, which he um, set up. Um, apart from that, we 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 could defend him. But there were a lot of set pieces, and especially the set piece then, which they got um, for the two-two. Uh, yeah, open game. Now um, with of course more possession for us and and, and scored the, the the third one with a similar situation which we had in the first half, plenty of them these diagonal balls in the box for the fullbacks. This time Millie could get get the ball in the last second, I would say, difficult ball for the goalie. Mo is there to to finish it off. Um, fourth goal, Sadio, world class, run, um, full of desire and all that stuff, and then. Um, Yeah, and actually, (laughs) you have a look on the on the watch, and you think, okay, um, that could be the moment. But football teaches you always um, don't close the game before it's finished. And um, yeah, so they could score the third one. Uh, And Rafa Camacho wins the ball in pretty much the last second against Wilfried Zaha. I don't want to think about if um, we miss that ball, Um, what then would have happened. So it is like it is. uh, there are different ways to win football games. Today we had to dig in with all we have, and the boys did that, especially in the second half. The game was a different game, first and second half. Huh? And um, we did that, and so um, I'm really happy.
1: Steve, anything more from the Sunday guys? Yeah, yeah, um, sorry, sorry, Chris, I'll, I'll come to you. Sorry. <laughs>
2: Oh, nobody should be surprised about the character of the boys. We had that. Um, I, I, if, and if something was really here before I already came in, it was character. And I, since I know the boys since October 2015, all the boys who were in had an outstanding character. The work rate was always unbelievable, and all that stuff. So, but um, you have to mix that up with a few other attributes uh, like. Um, uh, yeah, of course, confidence is important, self-belief and all that stuff, So, um, but the boys are ready to fight for all. That's, that's, that's clear, it's not the first moment in that season where we had to do it, but today it was pretty special. And I really liked it and um, um, it was not too easy, I think, for the crowd as well to to to, to, to 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 get the first half, so what do you do with that? It's all, all OK, but um, on one hand side, on the other side, you are one nil down. and um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought, um, yeah, that's not only difficult today. That's probably the day where we, where we, where we lose it. And um, and so we were not like this. Uh, I was not. A, I, I told the boys. Um, most importantly, we have to stay positive, and not allowed to lose the nerves. We have no reason for it. Nothing happened. We have to improve a few things and do a few things again and again. Um, yes, of course, we have to protect, uh, especially the left wing. Um, extremely well. Um, we need to be there. We need to to to, to, to win the ball back there as well. Um, and the boys did it. We always need a bit of luck in football, but um, how I said, um, it was not too much necessary. Um, we had um, the boys deserve these three points in a very difficult game.
1: Okay, Steve. You uh, can. Um, Mo
3: today scored his 50th probably goal in, in only 72 appearances, which were a guy like him, you know, not an out-and-out out striker, the line, but it's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, I know you've, you've eulogised a lot about him, but
1: what, what, what can you say about that? Fifty goals in seventy-two
2: games. Exceptional, and um, from a from a, yeah, exceptional achievement from a world-class player. Uh, that's how it is. I think he 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 made a few steps in the last couple of months in the right direction, and so it's uh, it's it's really really. Yeah uh, yeah it's a wow an outstanding, number. an outstanding number. I heard the names of the other players who did it a bit quicker. It was Alan Shearer, Ruud van Isleroy and Andy Cole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good strikers as well, eh? So um maybe would have scored more and earlier if I would have wouldn't have played him that often on the right wing. Um so my fault. But um no. Not bad and helped us a lot and the boys um know that and I think it's a Classical, a typical win-win situation. He he benefits of the the style of play with the other boys, and the boys benefit, of course, of his um, scoring desire. So that's cool. You
4: have a break now. What's the key? What what, what, what are the
2: key things for you now in this in this little break? Here? No, we had, that's a, that, that, that's not a, yeah, It's a real break. It is a break in that period. If if I would imagine after now, Milly out um, and and and, and Fabinho, for sure doubt. Um, it would have been a massive challenge if we would have to if we should play on Wednesday and then on Saturday again. I have no idea how that would have worked, how we could do that honestly, so there will be now two days um recovery for the boys um which are most minutes and um and then we start preparing the and the others train of course and 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 then then we start the, the preparation for the Leicester game, which is another tough task but yeah um that's why we are here, but uh, it will not be a, a real break, we have to use it for training. Can we just check
5: Final one, yeah. He obviously announced the, the deal today, but um, I think he said he might be ready for today, but will he be ready when he gets back?
2: I don't know. Um, it's, it's this like you have to look from day to day, that's what everybody tells me. It will be um, Leicester... Uh, I don't know, we, we, I said... Trent is a very quick healer. That gives us at least a little hope. So that's it. We have to see. The
0: Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool
6: Echo. This is Simon Donnelly, LFC jury member for the Liverpool Echo. Just got back to my car after the game against Palace at Anfield, and I've never felt stressed like it. Um, I can't cope with this till the end of the season. That was uh, that was. That was heart-rending stuff, that was. But we managed to scrape through and get the win and get the three points we so needed. Bit of a um, self-inflicted wounds there. We had we d- defended quite poorly, but I suppose we had weaknesses in our defence, particularly down the right side. I thought, for all his, his good play, poor James Milner facing Wilfred Zaha down the right proved difficult. Um, and he was unlucky he got given a hospital ball when he got sent off and just unlucky there. But yeah, we, we were victims of our own um, mistakes there to concede those goals, but thank goodness two stunning goals from Salah and a little winner at the end from from Mane. My friend Liam was having a bit of a go at Mane all the way through for his effort and his work rate, but when he scored the winner, as Liam said, all offers are back on the table Sadio. Um great result, great win, I think you do need this type of game, I think we will be coming across this type of game probably again and these are the games that you've got to win if you're going to win the Premier League and as I said last week, I'm starting to believe, come on
7: you Reds Okay, so we've got Palace at all um, obviously they were the last team as we all know that won an Anfield in this, in this fantastic run that we've had Um, they also Gerard's last game and they beat us then as well, so they're a little bit on, on paper anyway, a little bit of a bogey side for us. So it was a bit nervous coming into the game, um, in the sense that for, for that reason and then you know, you had a couple of injuries like Trent and we already know that Gomez and, and Wijnaldum went and out and stuff, so obviously it's is hard as their main player, um and we would have had to play Milner there. Or Fabinho, you know, the options were a little bit limited now, the Klein has gone out on loan. But, you know, um we are Liverpool and we've been fantastic side, we've been playing really well. And we've got you know, we've got to come up against these tests if we are gonna go and win the league. So we're better than them all over the park, even though they're a good side. Um, especially away from home, they seem to be better, um, really causing problems this season, like City for example. But I thought Milner really give us all today against Sahar. and you know, let's face it if Trent would have struggled against him, and anyone would, because on his day, he has got ability to lad You know, he's really fast and tricky. Um, obviously the pass was a bit sure for him for the for the second Buchan which he was a bit unlucky again there, Milner. Um, I've only seen it live on the ground the goals. I haven't seen them back yet. Um, obviously I'll be watching them later, but it looked like the goalie could have done better for a couple of them. Definitely a third one, uh, our goalie. Um. And it looked like one of the crosses, though it did look like they had a play of blocking Van Dijk off, if you like. So like three or four of them sort of like um, got in his space, so he couldn't he couldn't get the ball and clear. So that's something I think the teams are going to start doing against us. And um, we've got you know Van Dijk's got to combat that by basically just trying to get out of the way of all them. Um, so that that you know that that's a little thing to look at. Um, I've been building the Kito lad up. Um, you know, I think he's definitely got something in his locker, but you can tell he, he's really suffering with confidence. You know, and uh, he's trying to get into into the rhythm. He's been playing on the left hand side really, which, when I ever seen him before, he was more central in in, in Germany. But um, he, listen, he's done a couple of good things for one of the goals as well, for example. But he did struggle overall. But listen, you know, things take time. Players, some players take longer than others and stuff like that. But. Um, you know, that we'll just have to see how that one goes. Maybe we will just have to carry on phasing him in. The I've said before about giving him a run of games and stuff to yeah, that would be ideal. But with, with every game being so important now, I think I don't think we can afford to be blooding players in. I think we just need to play our best side and Klopp I think you alluded to the fact that Keita's had a good week in training, that's why he picked him. So, you know, that's that's all you can go off really as a manager. But onto the game, you know, it really was end to end stuff and there was a, a lot more spaces. It, it did seem like more of a game of old, really, from a couple of years ago. Um, but um, I, I thought, you know, we were in control without really creating many chances. Very well organised. Palace, I thought in the first half, we needed to have a few more shots on goal. We were trying to walk it in and, and, and you know, and they can ricochet and, and bobble about and take deflections. And it's exactly what we've done second half. Um, we had some more shots, and there was some deflection that resulted in goals, and with a bit higher tempo. I, I loved the way we come out second half and got control of the game and went back to two one. But then we sort of um, gave them a bit too much space and let them have it a bit of thought and he got back into the game there. Um, but then credit to Liverpool went again, you know, and, and I thought Manny had dropped it up, and then I think that last one, looking at it live, Allison probably should have had it, but it's a it four three. Listen. Overall, though, what we've got to remember is this is the the thing that we can talk about all the little instants and everything. Like we just like I just have the main thing is getting the three points. And what I was really really pleased about today was the way we kept reacting. We never give up. And there's a bit there's like a little bit of determination, uh, steel and passion about this team. Now where uh, you know their heads don't go down like you know the years they have. Um, you know if we've gone a goal down, they they, they they seem capable of coming back even when they're not at their best and. That's a great quality, and these are the kinds of games where you look back on and say, We won the league, you know, that's how we won the league, winning them types of games and, you know, winning 1 0s at Brighton's and these 4 3s at City Games at Palaces. We'd arguably lost them or drew some of them last year, you know, um, or the year before. So we really have got to take the positives out of that. Um, we've got a few players coming back who are led to believe when Aldam and Trent might be all right for the next game. Obviously, there's a bit of a break now. Uh, Gomez can't be far away, so that's all good. Uh, obviously everyone thinks Klopp should go into the market. I do myself but I'm also of you know only for the right player at the right price. I don't you know we can't be panicking. But um if Robo or Trent gets injured you've seen it is a bit of a problem like um and I think if you know centre half as well it'd be good to get another sort of player who can like Gomez who can play across the whole back I like the a lad of Bournemouth Okay, is it? Um, but, you know, they're not going to sell him in, in January, so it might be a summer job, but, so we, you know, we might just need to, to try and get by. So, there's two ways of looking at it, really. Um, and I've been looking at the squad. I think there's a lot of players who will end up, ironically, going out in the summer. You know, you like to see your Eagies, your, your Sturges, your, your Meranos, uh, your clan on a permo after his loan, you know. There's others as well. You Obviously, eventually, Markovic, maybe Lalana, depending, you know. So, all these are gonna go, so we're gonna have to bring some in then. But Klopp knows what he's doing, and listen, it's great that we, that, you know, we're keeping this up and the momentum up. And The main thing was the three points we got them, um, and I, I love the way that we we never give up, and these are championship quality stuff. So so let's roll on, and um, I think that the break now, uh, the the hot break they're gonna have in Dubai, you know, uh, all together as a team, will really do him some good, and hopefully he can come back refreshed. Uh, come back with a lot. You know, couple of other quite a bit of time with them. Probably work on different tactics and stuff. And then it's just on to the next game, game at a time. Every game's massive. Every game's big, and it's great. It's great to be a fan at the moment. It really is. You know, it's a great time So watch. I think we need to try and enjoy him. Um, <laughs> we're quite nervous today, but it was still an enjoyable game. And uh, you know, roll on the next one.
8: Hello, it's Matt Addison for the post-match podcast after Liverpool have beaten Crystal Palace by four goals to three. <laughs> And where on earth do I start with that? I mean, some typical Liverpool play at times, really nice attacking play, but defensively, three goals conceded for the first time this season isn't great. It was a huge win though, the kind of win that champions ultimately have to get over the line, and that's what Liverpool did today. Seven-point leads at the top of the Premier League are not going to be gained easily, and that was far from straightforward. In the first half, I thought we were well on top, but not necessarily in control. Counter-attacks were a threat, and ultimately that's where Andres Townsend's goal came from. By half-time, in previous games, we haven't played our best, and you always think that we're capable of turning the game in the second half. But even so, I think most of Anfield was nervous at the interval. To equalise those straight away in the second half was really important. You know, um, To be fair, the players again stepped up. That goal came early on. I think Liverpool did more in that first minute in an, in an attacking sense in terms of incision and obviously getting the ball over the line than they had done in the entirety of the first half the second goal the Firmino one was deflected it was slightly fortunate but Liverpool did show character and from being a goal down uh, at half time very quickly into the second half they'd an impressive fight back ability character as Brendan Rodgers might say um, and had got themselves in front in the game and from that point on you thought that the Reds would press on maybe get one or two more but it wasn't to be, Luka Milovojevic's corner James Tompkins headed it in and to be fair to uh, Milovojevic that was an incredible corner kick I don't think I've seen anybody strike a ball from a a dead ball situation as well as that at Anfield this season and probably in the last few seasons as well Um, possibly if I watch it back again um, maybe we could have defended it a little bit better but in those kind of situations I think we have to, to praise the delivery of the, of the set piece Liverpool obviously 3-2 ahead after that Mohamed Salah again um, 75 minutes and you think surely that's it that's enough drama for today but no, James Milner then is sent off um, I was slightly concerned to be fair from the start about him playing against Wilfred Zaha uh, and ultimately it did count against Liverpool Um, Hopefully we'll have a couple of players back from injury Trent obviously um, And perhaps Joe Gomez as well by the time we next play That'll be massively important Fabinho obviously picks up a knock as well Hopefully that's not too serious Otherwise we could be looking at a bit of a right-back crisis Uh, The 4-2 goal, absolutely brilliant by Andy Robertson To keep the ball in play Play it perfectly into the path of Mane Who then finished really, really impressive at four-two, then you 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 know you'd expect that Liverpool would be able to hold on to that. But more sloppy play at the back, obviously down to ten men at this point. That's partly the reason Rafa Camacho would only just come on as well. He hadn't quite got into the game. Uh, Max Meyer pulls one back, and four-three. I mean, hopefully we don't see too many score lines like that again this season. I'm not sure I could cope with that too often. To be fair, it was like 2013-14 season at times. Absolutely no control. But we did just about get over the line, and that's the most important thing. Naby Keita, just to touch on him quickly, I thought he was really poor at times. That was a big opportunity for him to show that he should be in the eleven ahead of Zed and Shaqiri, and he didn't really take it. But the big miss, really, not Shakiri, was Gini Wijnaldum. I thought in terms of the control, um, in terms of the possession that Liverpool would have had with him in the side... I don't think that game ends up being 4-3 and I don't think it's quite as frantic if Jeannie's on the pitch. As it was though, Liverpool did get over the line and that seven-point gap is restored at the top of the table. But please Liverpool, don't do that too many times between now
9: and May. It's Ross from Witness with his thoughts on the Liverpool v Crystal Palace game. A couple of changes in the side, a couple of changes in position. Um, Fabinho, back in his preferred position, centre mid, Kater given the chance... And Milner was slotting in at right back for the injured Trent Arnold. We started pretty positively. First fifteen twenty minutes, it was all Liverpool. All Liverpool didn't create much, but it was all Liverpool Palace, as you'd expect from you know a team coming to Anfield. Very deep, very well organized, and they were just literally playing for the counter attack. With the with the pace that with the pace that they did they were having the side with was Zah, Townsend IU and a few others um, down the down the um, down the wings they were just they were just hoping for something on the counter but like I say we started off well Salah was a real threat in the first twenty minutes they looked petrified any time he was you know towards the box They didn't want to put any sort of challenge him but it was all Liverpool first and even up to. Um, 30 minutes, there was a couple of chances. Um, Mata, Van Dyke both had good head chances off set pieces. But it was um, Palace who actually ended up getting the opener. And there was signs, uh, as I mentioned, with a couple of times they counted and you could see the pace and it was a great counter-attack. Liverpool totally lost the shape. Um, they were pressing the ball and give credit to the... Um, I'm not sure who it was, the defender looked like he was going to lose the ball in a very dangerous position and we abs- Liverpool absolutely swarmed him, the whole midfield was on him and somehow he beat the press, got the ball out wide to, I think it was, yeah, it was Zaha out wide, who real pace, real threat all game, he, he was excellent today, Zaha, beat Milner for pace, good cut back, good finish by Townsend, 1-0 up, it, it was a little bit of a shock but the were signs that they had that in them. And Liverpool, you know, they needed needed to wake up a little bit. They they had a lot of possession, but no real clear-cut chances. And like I say, there was a couple of occasions, you know, even after they scored that Palace looked dangerous on the counter. They were quite happy to sit there, get bodies, but when the opportunity came, they got the ball... And they they were always looking for Zaha, as I've mentioned. He he, he was brilliant. looked looked a, a cut above anyone else in that side. Um, you, you can you can see him going, you know, to a bigger club again. I no, no, he went to United a few years back. He was young then, but he seems to have improved. He was, you know, taking people on pace, good delivery, and yeah, he was a real threat. For the first half, Liverpool wise, for k was absolutely terrible. The game passed him by. You know, he seems to, to get lost in that midfield. All the talk about the ability he's got, and there's flashes, you can see what he can do. I don't know if the pace is a bit much for him or the physicality, I, d- I don't know. He's just not settled in at all. I thought, I thought today he had a really poor game. As I say, the game passed him by. I think he was took off after about 60 minutes and I think he deserved it. He, he didn't have a good game. Palace as well. First half, and they were doing it in the second half as well. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of time wasting. crowds are getting really wound up by, you know, Spironi was taking his time on his goal kicks. The players are getting wound up by it. You know, I don't mind that. See, that's that's part of the game, isn't it? This is this is what teams are going to do coming to Anfield now, and you know, coming up in the rest of the season because we're such a threat. They are going to waste time. We can't let that get to us. And at times, you know, obviously because we were 1-0 down, the pressure in the crowd, the pressure in the players, it builds up, but we we can't let that pressure get to us. It's, teams are going to do this, just let them get on with it. And, you know, we, we use the extra time that we get and just keep playing the way we play. So we go in 1-0 down. Big second half needed, big second half, big reaction. You know, they must have a bit of a talking to. And they come out in the come out in the second half. And within 60 seconds, they're back in the game. Unbelievable time to score. You couldn't ask for a better time for them to score, to be honest. You know, you go 15, 20, 25 minutes into that game, there's still 1-0. They're still doing all your time wasting the crowd, the crowd are starting to you know worry about it. It just took all the all the pressure was just released as soon as that goal went in. Van Dijk's had a shot, a bit of bad deflection. Salah's there, obviously again. Tucks it in. Maybe the keeper could have done a bit better, but yeah, I couldn't give a monkeys about that. One all, you know, and the the whole energy. That, as soon as the goal's in, the the crowds up. You could see the energy just th- coming through the players. It's it, it transformed it, and within you know, I think it was another five, six, seven minutes. Firmino has made the two-one. Um, just. Ball at his feet, took a uh, took a little deflection, nestled in the bottom corner. Two one, you can it's, it's all you can ask for. And like I say, the whole mood had changed in the game, the urgency. We two one up, and you, you, at that point, you can't see us losing the game. But you, you, you give credit to Palace. You know they, they hung on in there, and they still did look a threat. As I said, as in the first half, Zaha was their main man, kept feeding them, kept feeding them. And, you know, up to about 60 minutes, they settled it down again and they're still in the game at 2-1. And then they get a corner and it's a great, it's, it's a great ball in. And it was Tompkins unmarked in the box, you know, very, very un-Liverpool like this season, totally free-header. And he makes it 2-2. I think that was around 65 minutes. And you're thinking, you know, here we go again, this curse of Palace, you know, happened many a time over the years Palace have been a bogey team for us but you know there's still 25 minutes to go we just had to keep going clock made the change around the 70 minute mark as Shaqiri came on it wasn't too long after that managed to get the, managed to get the third goal great ball by Fabinho over the top of the defender and a, a, a fantastic effort by Milner to get there it was a real stretch to get there gets the ball back across terrible mistake by the keeper you know, he's really poor, really poor mistake. Um, the man on the spot is there, Salah, flying in, and he's definitely claimed the goal. It was right on the line as he touched it, but it's definitely his goal. 3-2, and definitely at this point, you can't see he's losing. And then the front three today, it was mentioned to the front three, all put in a great shift. was Salah, Salah was excellent today. Probably man of the match. But for me, no, brilliant. Always puts the work in. And Man was everywhere today. You know, there was a few occasions where he was he was back in his own box doing bits of defending. He he really did the front three I thought were brilliant today. Um there was um, a red card for Milner late in the game, two yellows, you know, can't really complain about it two reckless challenges I think it was just Sahar tormented them a lot of the game and from what I remember I think they were both the fouls were actually on Sahar he, he, he was just a bit too quick for him today Mill had done a good job but he's going to miss the next game now we've got a bit of a break for the next game but he will miss the next game hopefully it won't be too too detrimental and there was a, there was a fourth goal in there as well right in the 93rd 94th minute as Palace were pressing Mane, who had missed a chance not long before, slotted four two, deserved his goal, put in a good effort today. And there was still even time for a third goal from Palace, which is very unlike Liverpool to concede three in the game this like this season. But it was it was far too late in the game for them to do anything. Ninety fourth minutes, I think it was. So the game finished four three. I'm just happy to get away to get away with the points. Real, real mad game to be honest. First half to the second half, totally different. Loads of goals. No, you know, not not the Liverpool way this year. We've not conceded goals like that this season. But like I said, I give credit to Palace. I was really, I was really impressed with the way they set up, the way they played. I think that's the way you've got to play against Liverpool. But the class of Liverpool shone through the front three, done enough. And now that's another win and we go on to the next game. We can't look any further than Leicester City. We've got a nice little break. I think it's about ten games before ten days before the next game. I'm sure Klopp's got some, you know, warm weather training plan, something like that. Have a bit of a recuperation, get some bodies back fit. And all we can do is look at the next game. I say this every time, it's a cliche, but all I'm looking at is the next game. I'm not thinking about anything else. We beat Leicester, we go on to the next one.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
4: Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. My blood is tingling. That was a. Ast- Astonishing. That was absolutely astonishing. Yet again, my poor neighbours, I was screeching like a terrified owl right through that second half. That was incredible. Exactly the kind of game that time and time again we've lost and we've been turgid and we've tried these long shots and you know nothing else but that second half performance was so wonderfully defiant and that's the word defiant this is a new kind of Liverpool this is a, a, a Liverpool that allows the crowd to sing we shall not be moved which for many many years i thought was a united chant but of course it isn't it isn't it's the chant reserved for the champions for the team with steel with mental fortitude and that's what we showed today in abundance. Mohamed Salah two goals and that first one. I mean imagine you go for a cup of tea at half time, you have a slice of orange. 1 minute later he's able to read that ball that's flying and spinning and it's up in the clouds and he 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 sort of he sort of controlled that finish absolutely incredibly and made it look so simple like he's done for most of the things in his Liverpool career so far. And that's why he's still not recognised as one of the very greatest players to ever play for Liverpool. I'm sure of this. I'm sure of this. If you don't believe me, he will prove it, you know, again and again and again, as long as he's in a red shirt. What a credit to the club. We could have done with a bit more control uh, after that. Um, Poor old Jimmy Milner stuck there against Wilfred Zaha, who was one of the most dangerous players in the Premier League when you give him space and leave him one-on-one, which we did a bit too often for my liking. But, uh, you know, this cavalier approach that we've seen over the past couple of years from Jurgen Klopp, less so this season, um, you know, it came through in the end. Absolutely superb, again and again. I got all emotional at the final whistle, that's why it's taken me, uh, you know, um, a little while to get this review together, I've just been sort of sitting in a corner and sort of shaking uh, with my with my head in my hands, uh, but not out of disappointment, out of absolute joy that I just don't know what to do with. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Liverpool, Liverpool, top of the league. Not one point clear, not four points clear, although we might be tomorrow, but seven points clear. Allé, allé, allé.
0: Hello there, Nathan Davidson talking about Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Firstly, what a game of football. It was proper edge-of-the-seat stuff. You find it hard to sit down. It was just end-to-end action every 10, 10 minutes or so. Great game of football. But thank God we got the win. Liverpool 4, Crystal Palace 3, over the moon with that. In the first half, I thought we started with quite a good intensity. We tried to play, play quick, incisive passes... Only problem in the first half was that in the final third it was just breaking down a little bit too much, and um, in the final third we just didn't have that sharpness that we're so used to seeing, especially from the front three. Front three. So Palace take the lead not long after the half an hour mark, and to be fair, it's just a good counter attack. Um, Macarthur is brilliantly as we all swarm and he managed to get out of a really tight area, and then by that time the past half of our team, Zaha, we all know how much pace he has and he just does Milner for pace, not really much Milner can do about that, don't blame him too much for that, the cross comes in and then Townsend smashes it with so much power and pace on the ball, makes it very difficult for Alisson to get anything on it and it's 1-0. Crystal Palace, that goal resulted in real pressure mounting on Liverpool and you could feel it in and around the ground, you could see it watching on the TV but... Liverpool did really well with that and dealt with that really well by getting two very, very quick goals in the second half, exactly what was needed. Salah, only a minute after the kick-off, it was brilliant. It was a Van Dijk shot, deflect, massive deflection, and Salah picks it out of the sky and places it beautifully. And From what I've seen on the TV, that did not look like an easy finish. It might it look like maybe a are tapping from distance when you see it in the close-up it looks like he's done really well to put that in the back of the net and keep it away from Spironi. Then we have Bobby Firmino with his goal. He gets he receives the ball from Keiter and in, into the box. Takes a shot. It does take quite a big deflection and it puts it into the bottom right corner but sometimes you just got to ride your luck and just get those goals and get those slices of fortune that you sometimes need. And then we started to get a bit of control again dominating the ball and we were just pinging the ball about, but we couldn't find another breakthrough to get that third, and that's when Crystal Palace get a corner, and IU boxes in both Fabinho and Van Dijk, takes two of our, aerial, um, our best players in the air, out of the equation, and James Tompkins is at the back post ahead of home. A little bit disappointing in that regard, but it's something we'll just have to work on. Then we have Salah's goal, Milner does really well. I thought Milner was really, really good today, especially going forward and getting crosses into the box. He puts a cross into the box. I'm not sure what Spironi's trying to do. But I think he's trying to tip it over the goal but he's got nowhere near where he where he wants if he's trying to put that behind. And Mohamed Salah runs onto it to tap it in the net just before it goes across the line as an own goal. So I'm glad Salah got that. That'll keep him up there competing for the top goalscorer award in the Premier League. And just when you thought it was maybe going to calm down a bit, right at the right into added time, it goes mental again. And Sadio Mane receives the ball after Andy Robertson does really well on the left-hand side to get it to him. Puts it in the into the bottom right-hand corner, and you think, all right, now, 4-2, uh, <coughs> we've got a little bit of a cushion here, and that'll just see out the end of the game. But, oh, no, at the other end, Max Meyer puts away. Great little finish after... Connor Wickham does really well to bring does really well to take all the pace off the ball and bring the ball down for him, and it does finish four three. Milner obviously gets sent off near the end. The first one was obviously a tactical foul, and he's just a bit late on the second one. Zaha obviously causing him problems, just too much pace. But at the end, we've got the result. What's important? It's a shame that Milner did get the sending off, but sometimes these things happen. It's a few comments on today's game for me andy robertson signed a new long-term deal no one deserves it more than him for me he's been absolutely outstanding he just seems to set the bar at a minimum of a seven or eight out of ten every week and today he wasn't at his best that he can be but he was just there working hard there was one time where he jumps for the header doesn't doesn't get it, but yet he's still the first person to pick up on the ball before anyone else has got it, and it's just that energy and work rate right on the left hand side, absolutely fantastic, and he deserves all the accolades and that he's getting at the minute because he's been absolutely brilliant. I thought Joel Matip came in after his injury. And he did really. I thought he did really well today. He was calm under pressure, and I liked how he he drew forward and carried the ball a little bit and then tried to pick a pass. And I thought, yeah, he did really well considering his, it was his first game back from injury. And then I think the other thing to comment on really is that with Fabinho and Henderson playing in the midfield today, it gives us that double pivot. And I, I really like that when we're playing the four two, with the 4-2, 3-1. Because what it does is they, with Fabinho and Henderson holding in the middle, it allows the fullbacks to bomb on even more. And it means that if we do get... Attacked on the counter, them them two can spread out, and then it means we've got a back, a, like a line of a back four. But I just think with them two, that it really helps because you've got enough forward players beyond them to do the business up front anyway. And then it just gives you that little bit of protection, a little bit of a screen in in front of the two centre backs. And, uh, I think Nabi Keita. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about maybe him not reaching his potential yet, and maybe people expecting more for him. But I think for me, him playing on the left side of that three isn't really his best position we're not really going to get the best of it out the best of him out out there on the left I think we need to see him more in a more central role maybe if it's behind behind the three bombing on later on or maybe even in that role that Firmino is playing at the minute um when he when he can get into the team for Keita because I just think on that left that's not his position he doesn't look 100% comfortable there. And you've seen as soon as Shakiri came on and Mane went out on that left-hand side, the difference was almost immediate. But yeah, great win. One that we've had to really dig, dig out and work hard for. And you got, we're going to have to do this from that end of the season if we're going to win the league. So really glad that we've got that win. Hopefully City can slip up against Huddersfield and we can keep that seven-point gap at the top, up the reds.
10: Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross The Line podcast. And mad, mad game there. Um, I don't know if my heart can take many more games like that, but at least there's just 15 more to go now in the league. Uh, Look, it never seems to be dull when Liverpool play Crystal Palace. And we can't forget that they did beat Man City this season, You know, which is part of the reason why we're sitting at the top of the league right now. But 4-3 especially when you think about how good we've been defensively this season is pretty crazy. Didn't expect that at all, but getting the win was massive, especially after Liverpool went behind in the first half. And then even when we went 2-1 up, they brought it back to 2-2. So it was a tough day today. We, We knew they'd defend deep and want to hit us on the counter. And that's how they scored the first goal, certainly. Like I say, we knew that would probably be the case, but with the amount of players they were putting behind the ball at times, it is to Liverpool's credit that we were able to break them down and then score four goals in the end, to be honest. Um, Like I say, we didn't defend as well as we have been doing. And then, to add to the stress, James Milner got sent off near the end as well. It seemed like Liverpool were doing everything in their power to make this as hard as they possibly could to get a win here, but... Fortunately, even after that, Sadio Mane was able to pop up and get the fourth goal to make it safe. You know, we had other concerns like Fabinho went off injured. Hopefully that's just a knock or God knows he'll be filling in at right back if he's out for a little bit because we had, Firmino had to do it here um, in the last few minutes after Milner got sent off, but... Look, overall, that's a big performance despite some of the issues. You know, Mo going to dominate the headlines again. He scored that big third goal after the goalkeeping error from Spironi. You've got yet more rival fans ranting about how he allegedly dived. But at the end of the day, let them fume. We're seven points clear again. And Man City obviously play tomorrow at Huddersfield. I'm not... Holding out too much hope of Huddersfield getting anything out of that game with, you know, everything that's been going on there. But really, Liverpool, we just need to focus on ourselves. And if Liverpool keep winning, ultimately, it doesn't matter what Man City do. Uh, It's a week and a half now till the next game against Leicester. So hopefully the players will be well rested. We've got this run of Leicester-West Ham-Bournemouth, which... Should be easy on paper, but we saw what happened today. So the team are going to have to be at their absolute best going into this run before we come up against Bayern Munich, Man United. You know, the games are coming thick and fast now. So we've just got to keep going, keep that pressure on Man City. And hopefully the next one's a really dull 2-0 win after today. (laughs) Cheers.
3: Hi, it's Matt Whitty reflecting on Liverpool's dramatic 4-3 home win against Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Uh, we're, we've got very used to calm, dominating performances from Liverpool and particularly from the, the back line, but this was an absolutely mental 90 minutes, particularly the the second half. Um, before the game i thought that palace was I was i was, a, I, was a, I thought we'd win but i thought i was i was a bit wary of palace cuz i thought they've got they've got players who can really hurt us on the counter particularly with the pace of zahar and townsend and the uh, the trickery of the former and the long range ability of of the latter um palace lined up with a 451 and they 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 barely moved from that really uh, particularly in the first half i mean we must have had, uh, you know, the ball for 80, eighty, odd percent of the possession or something. But uh, they were they they really stuck to that shape. That is what you would kind of expect from a Hodgson team, really. But it uh, did uh, did cause us problems, particularly as they've they've got that threat on the counter. I thought we started okay. Um, I thought the passing was pretty quick. Uh, Milner and Robertson were were always outlets and uh, Mane was doing really well I thought dropping deep and uh, trying to win the ball and, and driving forward and Henderson again was uh, it was very good I thought his passing was very good and I thought he was really sort of dicti- dictating play from, from centre mid I think the, the worry in the first half uh, for me was, was Cater really um, There was a, uh, I, I thought he struggled to get in the game a bit and I thought midway through the half he sort of broke, broke through when he had Mane on one side and Salah on the other and he just took too long to uh, to take the pa- to, to make the pass and was tackled by Milivojevic. and uh, I mentioned last week that I sort of started to worry about Keita taking a bit to, like dribbling it's fine but taking a bit too long to to play the pass and last week um it was uh, leading to us uh, having players caught offside and this time he was just uh, just 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 tackled really um so uh, yeah I still think he'll uh, he'll come come good but uh, at the moment it's just not quite happening for him uh, there was a, another example in the in the first half where he got in the way of what looked like a should have been a, a Robbie uh, and Andy Andy Robertson volley, but uh, the two of them got too close to each other, and I think Robertson uh, volleyed it off Cater. So I think I think those things will come, but they're just as uh, I say not not quite happening at the moment. Uh, yeah, I thought we uh, probably should have had a penalty in the first half. It looked like a, a pretty clear handball from uh, Townsend but uh John Moss decided to uh give a handball against Manai I think and then a minute later um uh, Palace were ahead through uh, through the same player. Um it was a pretty pretty frustrating moment really but I thought you, you've got to give a bit of credit to uh MacArthur, who did really well on the edge of his own box when he was pressed by four of our players and uh yeah just had the had the calmness to uh to to, to not only hold on to the ball and not get tackled but to to play the plat- pass into midfield and beat the press, and uh, ultimately that got out to Zahar, who got, better, got the better of Milner, for probably the only time in the first half, really. And uh, yeah, they f- f- scored with their first uh, first shot on target. Second half, a uh, perfect start. Uh, Van Dijk with a deflected effort that uh, Salah tapped in um, with an improvised finish. So uh, I guess that Van Dijk-Salah combination is becoming quite potent at the cop end, if you think back to the, the derby as well. And, uh, yeah, then, then uh, not long after that, we we went ahead. Uh, corner got cleared. Uh, Robbo picked it up, uh, played it out to Keita, uh, who did really well with a nice, calm pass to Bobby, even though he, uh, I thought at the time Cater was probably the calmest person in the ground, really, found a found a, uh, Firmino in space inside the box and uh, Bobby uh, slotted it into the corner with uh, at least one deflection, possibly two. So uh, not sure Spironi had much chance with that, really. Um, just after that, well, there was a bit of a nervy... Nervy few minutes, really, with uh, Mane, uh clearing uh, from the penalty spot. And then Palace got a corner and scored from it on marks, which was a bit of a disappointment, really, with uh, Tompkins. Uh, I think it was uh, getting the goal. Um, but then after that, uh, Salah, again, uh, tapping in after a brilliant play from Milner. I'm not really sure what Spironi was doing. He didn't seem to punch it away or try and catch it and just spooned it up. And Salah was there. Bit of a worry again with uh, Fabinho getting injured. Um, he's been really important to us over the last eight, ten weeks now. So uh, hopefully he'll be joining the uh, the first team squad in Dubai and and won't be at Melwood for for treatment. But that was a definite worry when Lalana came on for him, given how important that Fabinho's been for us. Uh, later on, Milner was was sold short and uh, with with a pass and seemed to. Seemed to take out uh, Zahar, I think it was, and uh, so n- no complaints really over that over that second yellow. And he was off, um, and we're down to ten, and all of a sudden that that, that one goal lead is looking a bit uh, precarious. Uh Mane had a chance and missed it, and you're thinking, is it going to be one of those days? Even though we're already into injury time, and Palace had a bit of pressure. Um, and a, there was a ball into the box that, that Allison caught, and it was a brilliant throw out to to get the counter attack going. In just sort of sums up, sums up uh, Allison's mindset really to, that he's thinking. Even though we're in the 90th minute, we're winning what winning by one goal. Quick throw out, brilliant throw out. Um, uh, Robert Robert breaks down the left wing, also does brilliantly to to keep it in. Uh, more than justifying his uh, his contract uh, with that kind of effort that we've just got got used to really. And uh, played it to Mane, who then uh, slotted it in, and it was probably a harder chance than the one he missed a minute, uh, a, a minute or two before. And then you're thinking 4-2, there it is. But uh, there was still late drama as Max Meyer buried a, a chance from the penalty spot to make it 4-3. Uh, it looked like uh, Allison probably should have saved it really for for my money. It looked like he uh, he, he got close to it, or got a hand to it. But uh, yeah, who cares? We're uh, Seven points clear again and, uh, yeah, nice, nice little uh, warm weather break for the players and, uh, yeah, roll on the next fixture.
5: Oh, that was hard work. Liverpool 4, Crystal Palace 3. It was like going back to the early part of Klopp's reign with an unstable Liverpool team trying to cling on to a lead by scoring as many goals as they could. Uh, we had the rubber of the green today. We had two of our goals were deflections and... One of the third one was some crazy goalkeeping by their... I mean, it is their second-choice Palace goalkeeper, and he was known as a bit of a dud, but, I mean, it was a terrible mistake he made. So that was great, helped us, to the win. And in the same way they had that weakness, we had our weakness at right-back. Uh, Klopp had made the decision, as you know, to loan Klein to Bournemouth, so that left us weak at right-back. So today, Milner, who's very good at fullback, was up against Zaha and... Palace thought that was a weakness and I think most Liverpool fans would have thought beforehand that was a weakness. And that's precisely what they did. They exploited that. First goal came through that. And every time that seemed to me their main attacking option was pass it down the left when they're they're breaking and we were in trouble. Uh, On paper, that Palace team is really an excellent team. Uh, I'd say if they had a better manager and maybe two or three more signings at the same level... That's really what, a top six, top eight team? Uh, they're right back, it's no secret. He played great against us in the first game we played them this season and same again tonight. I feel like, you know, you can't really get past him. I don't go, I don't have the time or, I don't have no reason to be scouting players, but it makes me wonder, would he be a better right back for Liverpool than Trent? I don't know how good he is going forward, you know, say I haven't spent the time, but in my mind, he's the best right back I think I've seen this year. He's really very good, so that's a guy to pay attention to. For Liverpool today, I liked uh, Fabinho because uh, we had most of the ball and when we have that more solid but slightly flat middle of three, uh, we just get too predictable, we can't break teams down. But Fabinho was putting more incisive passes and moving it quicker and side to side. I thought he did really good. Uh, Van Dijk, of course, helps with that as well. Uh, Nabi Keita was a disappointment today, not doing too much. Um, and Andy Robertson, he did this super challenge that led to the fourth goal. He got the ball back when he shouldn't have got the ball back. It got it past that really good Palace right-back and in went Mane and scored. You know, it, I felt today, together with everything, the rub of the green, with how he reacted, today's, I just felt we've got our name written already on the Premiership Trophy. We'll have to see. This game also brought back for me uh, the ghosts of yesteryear. Because to see Roy Hodgson, to me, that was the lowest point as a Liverpool fan in my lifetime I've seen. I really really think he's not a very nice man. Uh, A lot of people were blaming Liverpool fans as being somehow bigoted. But then when England went out to the Faroe Islands in one of the tournaments... And Hodgson was not even going to face the press and say anything to the people, because, in his own words, he didn't need to. He didn't feel he needed to. He's that sort of guy, he doesn't respect people. And uh, so to see him back, that low point, and now we have, of course, Klopp, what a difference. I had the same sort of feelings when I saw Mamadou Sakho lining up for a corner beside Van Dijk, what a difference. I remember Brendan Rodgers saying when he signed Sacco and that guy Ilori, the Portuguese central defender, that this was the future of Liverpool Football Club. That chance the things he used to say. He's also the man who turned down Van Dijk. He said that Liverpool already had better. Deary me. Uh, I remember Chris Bascom of The Telegraph saying early on in Klopp's reign, when Klopp had got us top of the league with the same team that Rodgers had been struggling under, Bascom said... This is the difference between signing a world-class manager and a wannabe. And so uh, I know that Rodgers gave us one exciting year when we challenged for the title and it was great fun. But really he is a chancer. And what, how lucky we are to have these times now where we have top players on the pitch, where we have one of the top managers in the world. It, it's great to be a Liverpool fan at this moment. So the ghosts of yesteryear came back to me. Uh, and uh, especially there at the end when we were hanging on, it wasn't looking too good, but we've done it. Well done. We've got 11 games, 11 days, I think, to the next match, and hopefully we'll have time. Lovren's meant to be coming back. Uh, Milner's out with a red card, and Fabinho's gone off with some sort of injury, but hopefully that 11 days allows Lovren back, and I think they said Trent could be back, so that would be our first choice Back four, back in action again. And then it's in the midfield, we'll have to uh, patch things up. So the show's still on the road. We're on the countdown to a league title, up the mighty Reds.
11: Mark Baker reflecting on some of the issues facing uh, Liverpool at the moment. So Liverpool managed to get the job done against Crystal Palace. Um, I think massive two results for Liverpool, to coming off the back of the City uh, defeat, to keep the belief... I'm going to say stop the anxiety but obviously there's plenty of anxiety about the fixtures today but in general, stop the anxiety that Liverpool are going to fall away within the title race and let the pressure get to them and ultimately affect the results so I just wanted to touch on two points really um, of Liverpool which I think are talking points at the moment, so we first want to be the allowing of Nathaniel Klein to go on loan to Bournemouth now obviously I think it's been highlighted today by the fact that Wilfred Zahar has given James Milner a a torrid afternoon now I, I suppose it's an extreme look at the vulnerabilities of the player in the position because Zahar is probably for me the best player in the Premier League in terms of 1v1 travelling with the ball uh, when isolating a full back or isolating any player on the pitch really that strength, power, pace, ability to change direction and different, different ways and tricks in which he can manipulate the ball to beat his direct opponents and Milner obviously found out to his detriment today and I was very surprised about the decision to, to loan clients to Bournemouth now I think Klopp's always been a big one for if players do not want to be at the club, then and by the way, none of us know the the dynamics of what goes on in a dressing room from day to day basis, and and if Klein is is actively pushing for that move, and causing a bit of unrest, would I would say, then you never know if that's the case. He doesn't appear that kind, but you never know if that's the case. And Klopp obviously has, has sometimes made them decisions to move them players on Uh, for the better of the group, if you like. Obviously, Coutinho was a uh, a lesser to the rule because of the quality of the player and just the fact that Klopp felt that he needed to keep him on board for at least an extra six-month period that he did. Quite rightly so, I mean, you're talking about an elite footballer, but in Klein's case, that might have been the, the reason behind it. There are probably loads of factors that have come into it, but that could have been one reason. Another reason could have been that I think Klein's out of contract, um, has a year left on his contract coming into the summer. So whether it was to, to showcase and put him in the shop window. And all in all, Klopp has been balancing this with the fact that he's seen Milner do a job in either full-back position. And also, Joe Gomez, for example, he, he probably felt that come the middle of February back end of February as it is now he would hope to have Joe Gomez back and be an option in that position and obviously didn't expect to Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold to suffer an injury however injuries can happen all the time in football and injuries could happen to Alexander-Arnold between now and the end of the season and I think it just highlighted that playing 33-year-old James Milner in a position where he can become isolated against the very best in the division or also the Champions League going forward over the next couple of months Could be a major problem for Liverpool and so, I think mean I mean with Klein, Klein for me is, was probably one of the best, if not the best 1v1 defender at the club, I mean very rarely in his Liverpool career uh, was he beaten in them situations and, and he was always reliable bit robotic when he has the possession of the ball over the halfway line in terms of opening his body out and able to, to contribute into the attack and third. But one thing you could always say was he was ultra reliable, knew the position and was an out-and-out full-back. And could he even play left-back? And you would have thought for some of the harder assignments, maybe away from home, whether that be in the Champions League or in the league, the climb would have been ideal for them circumstances because I think Alexander Isle Al is a fantastic footballer. But th- there's no question that at this point in his career, Nathaniel Clyne's a better uh, defensive player in terms of positioning and game experience to be able to deal with the very best uh, when isolated. So, so a big decision for me. I think another factor he would have taken into account would have been that James Milner. I think he he really puts a lot of stock in Milner's contribution in terms of his experience. Um, talking to players and I think he wants to find a way to include Milner within his side now since Liverpool have gone to a two-man midfield Milner's fell down the pecking order and rightly so by the way I think Milner did very well last year but I think coming into after the Champions League final I think he had a couple of games at the start of the season where he did particularly well but apart from that I think he's been very average and I think he would be down the pecking order in that circumstance and I think Klopp knowing the, the contribution he can make off the pitch I think, wants to try and get a minutes on the pitch, and and obviously feels he can do a job in the role as well, which is obviously of primary importance. But uh, for me, obviously the manager always knows best, I always say that, and the fact that he sees them every day in the training sessions and on a day-to-day basis. But I just feel that it could be an area Liverpool can be exposed in, and and the level Liverpool are playing at, they can't really afford any weaknesses within the side. I'll go on to that in a second about the other points I'm going to make, but... It's just something to look at, and I felt today Liverpool were lucky to get away with it. Obviously, Milner picked up a red card now, and it is an interesting point that he's allowed Klein to move on. Now, ultimately, let's hope Joe Gomez is fit in the next couple of weeks and could be a player for that defensive positioning in games where you're going to find yourself under a bit more pressure against better sides. Obviously, Gomez being more of a central defender and therefore better positionally than Alexander Arnold, but it isn't a player a position I feel Gomez excels in. In fact. I think he's a bit limited in the position and, and a lot of times last season he's actually caught under the ball with a, with a bit of a lack of understanding from the position so I don't even think he is the ideal option. Obviously Klopp feels he is and it also deprives you of Gomez playing in that centre-half position which he's, he's the best choice to play as a partner for Virgil van Dijk so it's it's not something I completely agree with from afar but you have to trust in the manager that he thinks he, he knows um, what's best for the side and best for the squad and and the environments around the squad, really, in terms of players potentially wanting to move on. And obviously, today was an extreme case against the best 1v1 player in the league, almost a throwback to the days of the old Widen when you get chalk on the boots and look to travel with the ball as opposed to run into space from out to in. So, my final point's just going to be about the, the makeup of Liverpool's midfield going into the fixture. I think for many years now, Liverpool have suffered with. A problem in creating or breaking sides down with a player in that deeper area to be able to pick the lock. Which I've talked about this very often, obviously Felipe Coutinho was that player. But they had bridged that problem with Jadon Shikiri this season, who I think has been absolutely fantastic. His way to pass his vision, his imagination, able to break lines and, and see a picture of his cards and find moving targets in Liverpool's front line. And I feel there is non-inclusion today against a team who are going to sit in a compact shape doesn't make sense to me and you can say Liverpool have ultimately scored four goals in the game but the sense of anxiety it causes in the first half when Liverpool aren't creating chances the opposition start to look comfortable, Liverpool don't look like they have a player who can find that pass leads to frustration from Liverpool and it always lends itself to being open potentially for a breakaway against the side who've got um, decent quality in that final third which Palace have in the shape of the wide players So. Uh, I don't really want to see it again that Chikiri doesn't start in the games against opposition who are going to sit sit more deep and compact and hopefully going forward that isn't the case. I mean, when Coutinho was at Liverpool, people would often say, well, Liverpool sometimes struggles to break teams down when Coutinho was there. But the difference being, Coutinho very often operated off the left hand side as part of a front three. It was only Klopp's vision and and what he's seen going into the future, that Coutinho would play as one of them free midfield players, able to pick passes from a deeper area, and obviously Shaqiri, albeit playing off the right hand side, drifts into that central area and is able to combine and link up and and thread the eye of a needle. So it was something that I was disappointed to see not happen today, especially with the inclusion of of Naby Keita, who again uh, continues to to not really show me anything in terms of I don't really I think he's short at the moment in terms of starting for Liverpool. And at this stage in the season, I just simply don't think Liverpool can afford, I'm not going to use the word passengers, but players who are short, I feel they need everyone on, capable of playing within the team who is at the top level of performance to enable them to achieve their, their goals for the season. Especially being against compact sides in which Shaqiri is the one player who I believe has to start.